Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You'll be able to purchase a drum 
and very affordable um, price points and also with the highest of craftsmanship. So I do encourage you to uh, go to my site to purchase a drum. And this is for um, actually those of us who understand the importance of the drum and its history, that it was part of uh, the African community as a standard um, bearer. The drummer was the one who was actually also the healer of the community, uh, the one who uh, was able to heal from a uh, naturopathic perspective and also from a spiritual perspective. And uh, I encourage, my, one of my mission is to encourage uh, those in our community to uh, reestablish the relationship with the drum and making that to be centerpiece of uh, the family uh, structure in terms of drum being used for ritual. When a newborn is born and, and incarnated into the earth again, uh, that there's a drummer who celebrates that occasion. And as well as when a soul uh, leaves the body and the body goes into transition preparing for its next incarnation, that there be a designated drummer to perform within that burial or that funeral ceremony. And then, of course, all events that happen in between that particular lifespan, birthdays, weddings, and any significant occasion that they there be a designated drummer within the family or within the, the group or the community so that indeed the drum can be brought back into our ritual of celebrating life. So, again, I thank you for joining us. Uh, those of you who are in the chat room, please feel free to share your thoughts and comments, and if you would like anything that uh, is shared uh, by you or others to uh, indicate if you would like it to be addressed on the show, on the air, so that the listening audience can uh, uh, participate within the dialogue. And as I mentioned in previous shows, uh, the books that I choose to read and to, um, to uh, share with you are books that I consider to be uh, very informative and very, and very relevant to the uh, well-being and the upliftment of our community and, and of, and of uh, the community of, of the world, uh, in all ethnic groups, but particularly those of us of African descent. So this evening I will be concluding, uh, finally concluding the uh, uh, the reading of the book by Dr. Naeem Akbar uh, titled Natural Psychology and Human Transformation. For the last couple of shows I thought it was going to be a final show covering the book, but indeed uh, just a few pages is is enough to uh, uh, fill up the whole hour in terms of contemplating, uh, contemplation of uh, the thoughts and the messages that were contained by this powerful um, uh, booklet. So I will take a break, and when I return, I will continue from where we left off last night. Uh, those of you who tuned in last night recognize that I've just started having a show every Saturday evening as well as Sunday evenings. So I'm looking forward to uh, definitely uh, uh, taking the time to, to uh, share with you as much as possible during the week what we have to share in terms of books that will be read and reviewed and also whatever lessons that are, that are shared and um, 
we hope that indeed the Most High will continue to bless bless us with being facilitators. So without any further ado, please hold on for a moment and we'll be back with you shortly. environment. 
and this new environment must surround your life form in such a way that you are permitted to continue the process of transformation. If we can digress briefly, he states, to the physical development of the human being, we observe that the prenatal environment is very different from the postnatal one. The qualities of the prenatal environment are absolutely conducive for the very best growth of the human embryo. The environment of the womb provides the proper kind of nourishment, security, and conditions for the growth of the fertilized human egg to become an infant. And at the conclusion of about nine months of growth, the human infant must change its environment in order to continue to grow. And through the environment of the mother's womb, though the environment of the mother's womb was highly adequate for a preliminary growth in order for the human being's growth to continue, it will be necessary for it to have another kind of environment. And this is also the case for the caterpillar's continued development. It is very instructive about the importance of proper environmental conditions for the establishment of proper growth and development. So while the, the tree environment was perfect for the growth of the caterpillar, the new environment must be created in order for real transformation to occur. And this is what the cocoon is about. It represents the establishment of a proper environment to facilitate continued growth for the process of human transformation. And we can refer to this cocoon as a society. The society is a covering of culture which ensures that life will continue to unfold as it should. In the tree environment guided by appetite and physical needs, a worm can only remain a worm. The tree worm is more than adequate for the earliest development of the caterpillar's life. But if the caterpillar is ever to become something greater, it must alter its environment. In much the same way, human beings must be contained in an environment that permits them to advance to a higher plane. And there are several lessons to be learned about the nature of the cocoon which the human being needs in order to advance the unfoldment of their higher spiritual potential. On the other hand, the process is an individual phenomenon. However, the growth must occur within the confines of the group, i.e., the society. And we depend upon others to help us construct our cocoon. The nature of the cocoon, which is needed for human growth, requires the input and cooperation of other human beings. Transformation would not occur by withdrawing from the critical elements of society. We require guidance, which has been placed in the repository of the traditional wisdom of the culture and the society. The keys to proper human growth have been planted in the fabric of the culture. We must grow into the society and into the life of the proper culture in order to obtain access to these keys. Though it is possible to choose a transient, reclusive life, the translation of natures, the netter, the lessons must be obtained through the keys which reside in the cultural life of the society. Withdrawing from the society does not build a person. A society builds a person. In order for proper human growth to occur, however, the cocoon must be a proper cocoon established out of one's own spittle or nature, and life would not grow in an alien cocoon. The compelling picture of the caterpillar is how it spits from its own mouth the cocoon which must contain it. The culture is the silk-like substance 
which must enclose the human form in order for it to be properly transformed. The culture must be an authentic one that represents the true nature of the human being that it is to help grow. And there are several kinds of insects that, that establish cocoons for growth. But the caterpillar must establish its own cocoon based upon the substance of his mouth, as mentioned above. The society must be firmly established on a material basis to secure the, the kind of independence and autonomy which will let it establish its indigenous culture. The caterpillar had to consume special kinds of leaves. The leaves had to be of proper character to assure that its future development environment would be of the highest quality. He had to eat leaves with the proper moisture to ensure that the consistency of the cocoon would be strong enough to secure him for continued growth. In much the same way, human culture must have the proper amount of moisture in it to assure that the growth will be adequate. We can think of water content as a spiritual or the moral component of the society. Morality is the rigor that maintains spiritual direction. Moral strength is the quality which cultivates proper choices and proper orientation. These are the principles which guide life in its proper and natural direction. And contrary to the distortions created by many religious cults, morality is not a cage which confines the human passions. The human passions are natural when properly guided. Morality provides the proper guidance which channels those passions towards the objective of higher human unfoldment. The society becomes the enforcer and reinforcer of the proper orientations which ensure this natural and higher evolution. Human beings are all equipped with a will which is the divine enforcer which we have within us. And that will brings regulation to the passions which transforms them into high expressions that drive the life to a higher manifestation. My wife was just looking uh, this afternoon at a post on Facebook by one of her spiritual brothers. And his posting actually alluded to the fact that we have to stop uh, feeling that it is okay for us to tell a lie. Uh, in our society here in the West, we feel that we have a license to tell a white lie. And by telling a white lie, that has permeated throughout our society, throughout the community, especially in the community of business matters. And then, of course, in the community of those who attempt to establish relationships with one another. Loving relationships, permanent loving relationships will, will manifest into a marriage. And we are oriented to feel that, yes, indeed, it's okay to tell, a, if not a black lie, at least a white lie, to use the metaphor. And that has been something that has been a, uh, a, a devastated, uh, had a devastating effect upon our society, especially within the African-American uh, community, or throughout the African diaspora, for that matter. We have to consider the fact how important it is for us to recognize the truth. The truth shall set us free. The truth shall set us free to uh, realize a healthy transformation into a fully human, uh, human being, developed human being. I myself, for one, have always had to grapple with that as I grew up from being a young 
boy to a young man, a teenager to a young man, and then to a mature man, and recognize that indeed, especially with my family, with my wife and my loved ones, my siblings, that I have to be as honest as I possibly can. And most of all, being honest with myself. So that's something to really take into task with ourselves, that we need to not feel that it is okay to lie. We have to be as truthful as possible uh, by all standards, by all means. So I continue by uh, 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 reading on as Dr. Naeem Akbar states, morality permits the establishment of self-rule. In order to achieve the higher human destiny of rulership in the earth, humans must establish rulership within themselves. And I have brothers and sisters who are in the Pan-African community and movement, and they were talking about going back to Africa, establishing ourselves uh, with ownership, with sustainability, controlling our land, controlling our resources. And we have to understand that one of the reasons why the Most High perhaps has not facilitated us more in that direction is because we are not honest with one another. I've been involved even just recently in the last 24 months uh, engaging in certain endeavors regarding business. And those who I was involved with, they found it okay to tell a white lie, to bend the truth. They found it okay to not be transparent in terms of our business endeavors that we were attempting to establish with one another. So, no, that's not acceptable. So, the temptation, as Dr. Akbar states, to remain in the condition of self-indulgence, which characterized the caliphate's form, often serves as a barrier to achieving the higher growth. The power which overcomes the gravity of the lower appetites is the force of the will which pulls the person into higher growth. The society must cultivate this quality in order to feed the higher growth. A primitive society or culture is one that forces the lower appetites and encourages the posture of the worm. Such a society is one that will fail in providing the kind of environment which facilitates higher growth. Such a society keeps people in the worm state by constantly encouraging self-indulgence material appetites, and obscuring the ultimate evolutionary form of human beings. The society is built from the mouth of the worm, and from the mouth comes the words which are the knowledge base of the culture, in addition to the morality. The next cultural ingredient for society must be knowledge, and this knowledge represents the direction of the path of truth. All of the learning acquired by people must provide guidance to the ultimate path of truth. Truth is a sustainable form of nature in her proper order and form. Science, philosophy, math, art, music, history, geography, etc., are all descriptions of how the natures express themselves. Through society, those societies are constantly evolving in their ability to describe these manifestations of truth. The knowledge base of the society constitutes the best and most honest description of the nature in her proper order. This knowledge transmitted by the society to the person becomes the foundation for guidance and the evolution of the mind as the person learns to read the divine messages found in nature's proper order. Even a people's understanding of their unique and special history is a description of the human progress 
and form offered from the perspective of one's particular people's experience. The knowledge base must be appropriate to the people being taught because the special message in the people's culture is a special set of keys for each culture to grow itself consistent with its own nature and its own way. Each word of knowledge becomes a strand of silk emerging from the mouths of the teachers and the elders, and this knowledge offers insight into the process of growth, transformation, and divine order, and consequently feeding the ultimate evolution of life to its highest form. The teachers of truth continue to spew forth the words of proper growth despite opposition and the illusions of greater power being contained elsewhere. They understand that the message of their lessons is to help the society to transform the people. A societal culture with a proper material or economic base and a moral balance is rooted in a firm knowledge oriented towards truth that will naturally begin to generate a new form of life. And as a people begin to think differently and see themselves differently, a new kind of human development begins to occur. People are no longer satisfied with limited and material goals. People no longer seek to satisfy most base worm desires. Instead, people begin to forge new definitions, concepts, relationships, and ultimately new societal structures which perpetuate the new kind of growth. And gradually the old songs, dances, and artwork begin to disappear. Societal customs regarding relationships begin to change in accord with the new definitions of people. The entire culture is raised up to a higher plane in accord with the higher form of knowledge which is feeding the minds of the people. The politics or organizational structure does not follow the guidelines of the old societal form. The distribution and utilization of power and influence within the society must also be consistent with the leaves of knowledge which are growing the new society. Imitation and modification of the older forms will be inadequate since these forms were grown out of another knowledge base. In other words, Dr. Naeem Akbar states, this new cocoon must be altered rather thoroughly in order to develop a new life form. And this is a tremendous challenge, he states. But we can see that the world's oldest people have labored for thousands of years to create the kinds of traditions and knowledge which would create another concept of human being. Modernism, or modernity, has become a new code word for the imposition of a cultural characteristics of European-American, Judeo-Christian values on the entirety of humanity. The consequence has been the construction of a worldwide set of clones of Euro-American cultural forms. By people sacrificing their indigenous cultural forms, they have also sacrificed their mechanisms for effective human growth and transformation. Why do human beings need their own society and culture? As the butterfly shows us, he states, we cannot grow and be transformed without a natural and proper society within which to develop ourselves. Individual efforts of transformation only work minimally and are ultimately doomed to failure because of the absence of the transformational shroud offered by the society. The old life must die in order for the new life to be born. Death never comes without a resistance. Until we place ourselves within the confines of a womb 
or an environment that feeds our natural growth, that provides moral guidance and nourishes us with knowledge of truth, we cannot grow to a higher form. We must have an educational system that gives our children correct and proper information about themselves and their ultimate human potential. If they are taught that their greatest assets are their physical characteristics, they will emphasize those physical characteristics as their agenda. If they value sports and play in preference to intellect and ideas, we will continue to produce game bangers and football players rather than scholars and builders. We are taught that the ancient Africans built for eternity. They saw the human life as an eternal process. They did not see their physical lifetime as the duration of their possibility. They understood that every life born had a responsibility of helping to construct the cocoon which would serve as an environment of growth for generations yet unborn. This monument, the monuments and symbols and rituals which were developed were intended to offer people as much larger vision, a much more larger vision of their lives. When you have stopped attending to the fleeting images of a transitory world and are fed by eternal images of permanence, continuity, and timelessness, you begin to lay the foundation for building pyramids and temples of learning rather than skyscrapers and teaching laboratories. You begin to see the universe as your home as opposed to a small mansion on a hill in Beverly Hills as your dwelling place. Interpretation. The birth of the butterfly. In this proper and societal cocoon, Dr. Akbar states, the world begins to fade away. Nothing supernatural happens. No entity comes down from the clouds, nor does the psychedelic explosion take place in the brain. As you enclose yourself in a natural and truth-based cocoon, the old form begins to fall away and a new form begins to come into being. The worm's form begins to disintegrate within the confines of the silken cocoon and the simple cylinder shape of the worm gives way to a more complex structure which begins to manifest itself with sprouting wings. And within the confines of the cocoon, the multiple legs made for crawling begin to melt away. And soon, the despicable appearance of the hairy worm begins to disappear, and a new life that went into the cocoon crawling is ready to emerge capable of flight. It went in looking gray and crude, and it comes out in multiple colors, with blend with the sun and the flowers and even the colors of the rainbow. It went into the cocoon only capable of eating leaves, but it emerges capable of eating from the higher regions of the upper world. It went into being underfoot and vulnerable to all the earthly creatures and emerges capable of sailing above the heads of the most of its former flows. It went into moving slowly, restricted in the world of one tree, and it comes out flying over many trees, vulnerable only to the celestial creatures. And in conclusion, he states, from the earliest records of human society, there is a clear indication, there is a clear indication of the human aspiration for a higher life. And the most wondrous of ancient societies, such as the Kemites, Kemites called the Egyptians, and the Mayans, it was clear that this vision of a higher spiritual possibility predominated the concerns of these great people. We still puzzle over the construction of the ancient Kemetic monuments, temples, and mysteries as we puzzle over the former greatness and accomplishments of the Mayans 
and so many other great people of the Earth's southern hemisphere. We find evidence that these societies were superbly capable of mastering technology and, in fact, had superior technical knowledge of the modern world. Witness the still not replicated construction of the Great Pyramid of Giza. These people managed to feed themselves, develop methods of transportation and communication, and deal with the social and physical realities of the material world, and despite attending to their material existence, they did not falter in their vision of higher reality and a higher human potential. And most of their societal energies were obviously devoted to the worship of the God and education of the society in a higher and transformative consciousness. The story of the transformation of the butterfly is a very simple but revealing image of the illusions of our material eyes. It is certainly conceivable that if a caterpillar can only be a fleeting illusion of a higher butterfly life, why should not our material form and preoccupations be a fleeting illusion of our greater butterfly-like capabilities? Every society has been gifted with the prophets, seers, and teachers who have helped to focus our vision on our greater human capacity and to offer their example of what the transformed human being looks like. However, our records of truly transformed people emerging from a transformative society are not clear at all. Many religious communities claim such feats, but the evidence of their categorical success is suspect. In fact, their more recent visions are in the forms of cults like the ones which were incinerated in a Texas town or committed to mass murder in the Guyana jungle. These are only perverse forms which have preyed on the vision still latent in the consciousness of people to be transformed into butterflies by a society with the vision. We have discussed the characteristics of the butterfly, the cocoon, and the butterfly. Actually, we have discussed the characteristics of the caterpillar, the cocoon, and the butterfly. We are less clear on how to construct the right and proper cocoon which will transform worms to butterflies. There are several things that we already know for sure. So-called modern Western society has arrested human development, creating and perpetuating a massive caterpillar plague, and has served to clearly endanger the life of the butterfly in the modern world. Its emphasis on materialism, the feeding and stimulating of the lower human appetites, and the rational and discreditation of spiritual reality are all elements which have eroded the modern cocoon's ability to transform human beings. The consequence is the epidemic of human problems of the most savage forms, such as child molestation, cannibalism, family dissolution, eroded human relationships and self-destruction, conduct of all forms. We have also tried to describe what the cocoon should look like. We talked about its qualities and its responsibilities. When great visionaries such as Muhammad and Jesus, may peace be upon both of them, challenged their societies. They either had to engage in warfare or meet their death at the hands of the opposition. This suggests that through the transformative cocoon, that though the transformative cocoon is a natural state and it ultimately serves the purpose of humanity's higher destiny, to spin this cocoon is no simple task. Such efforts will inevitably be met by opposition from forces which will profit and be empowered by humanity's arrested development. Right-minded people 
who hold the vision and have some consciousness of their higher human capacity must come together in order to wrestle, wrestle control of the forces of the society. Those who have been the greatest victims of misused societal powers and misguided worms who seek to block the emergence of the butterfly must draw upon their historical experiences. To discredit the false promises of an oppressive reality, people who have been historically oppressed by materialism, racism, and sexism must join forces against these processes in the society and must help to forge a truly transformative society free of these forces. We must trust and build on the vision that human beings are capable and destined to be butterflies. We cannot give credence, credence and preeminence to images which are determined to reduce the human potential to murder, warfare, greed, and debauchery. We must lift up and exemplify in our own conduct the very best potential of human beings. We must care for each other in an active form of service so that the benevolent force of the higher truth can be reflected through us. We must become servants of humanity and servants of the higher vision. We must lend our talents, whatever they may be, to the liberation and elevation of the human spirit by whatever means necessary. So thus I conclude reading excerpts from uh, Dr. Naeem Akbar's book, um, Natural Psychology and Human Transformation. I'm very much uh, uh, grateful to have had the opportunity to have access uh, to this book. Uh, actually, it was my wife, uh, uh, Grand uh, Queen Mother, uh, Spirit Change, who facilitated me with uh, acquiring this uh, from her library. And uh, indeed, we have so many books in our household that I'm sure would be of interest. And I uh, reiterate, as I have in previous shows, that uh, there are those of us throughout the African diaspora, especially who do not have, they might have a laptop computer or a cell phone or a phone, and they're able to listen and tune into the show, but uh, they don't have access to the various books in which I share on the show. And um, through not having a bookstore or uh, don't have the money to purchase the book through the Internet on Amazon.com or a library, so I did, I uh, I'm able to facilitate those who have that need, and then, of course, those who are not able to read, who are illiterate or have poor eyesight, uh, they are being facilitated by the readings of such materials as, as uh, shared on, on our show. And then, of course, those who are confined to the hospital or bedridden, who would find pleasure in not having the task of having to hold a book and go through the pages, but to be able to have it read to them. I hope that I'm able to facilitate them as well. And then, of course, those who would like to share uh, their thoughts about books, such as uh, the one I just read, who have read the book and would like to be engaged in dialogue. Uh, that's something that we definitely encourage on each and every show. Um, I'm going to take a short break, and we'll return momentarily. And I want to share some thoughts with you. And as a matter of fact, there's a... Uh, a brother uh, that I would like to share, uh, Dr. Umar Abdullah Johnson, uh, another uh, uh, 
doctor who uh, my wife happened to actually uh, print out a, an article uh, that he wrote uh, dealing with Until Death Do Us Part is the title, Eight Reasons for Marital Failure Amongst African Americans. So I'm not going to cover the whole article. Uh, my wife is going to sh- share the article on her show, and I will also do it uh, do the same on mine. But uh, I think this is something that's very appropriate, given what I just read by Dr. Uh, Akbar with his book, Natural Psychology and Human Transformation. So I'll be back with you in a moment. Edibles and, and 
just a host of things where the drummer was always prevalent within the community. So again, I encourage you to uh, purchase a drum. And on my site, you will notice that I uh, uh, have a YouTube uh, uh, recording of me playing at President Obama's inauguration uh, in the year of 2008 when he was inaugurated. Um, so I'm very uh, excited about showing that, uh, that video on uh, Facebook and on the Internet so that, indeed, uh, there can be another added, um, added feature or, or vehicle for the uh, excitement and generating the excitement for the re-election of President Obama into his second term. So, as I had mentioned before the break, uh, Dr. Umar Abdullah Johnson and... Uh, my wife had shared with me this, this very dynamic um, uh, article, and I will talk about it in more detail in a future show. But he, he starts by stating that discussions about the epidemic are everywhere, from the latest best-selling novels to academic discussions on college campuses to passionate discussions between frat brothers and sisters in their circles, the question everyone wants answered is why. And he says that unfortunately, many of the traditional reasons you have been given for the premature romantic meltdowns between blacks are inaccurate and insufficient. He said these are very same. The very same factors were present when successful black marriages created 30 or 40 years ago were forged but yet many a couple managed to stay, to stay together. And he states that as a child therapist who spends much of his time navigating the parental relationship in order to create an atmosphere of normalcy in which our children can function, and as a doctor of clinical psychology who studies the emotional and psychological conditions that give rise, give rise to relationship difficulties that are unique within the African-American community, he states that he has discovered that there are several themes running through failed families that is brought to your consciousness, uh, which may help you escape a dead end of relationships and be able to help uh, resuscitate a dying one back into new life. He also states, uh, Dr. Johnson states, that with every black children being reared in single-parent households, it shouldn't come as a surprise that the ADHD diagnosis has been on the rise, which is, in most cases, has nothing to do with any neurological-based dysfunction, but rather family-based emotional dysfunction. And he refers to, uh, sarcastically but truthfully, as the absence of daddy from home disorder. That's HDHD. That's interesting. Which is the real HDHD, he states. And if we want to save the black community, we have to save the black family. For it, if the most essential of institutions is destroyed, then almost no other can function effectively. I, I must acknowledge my wife just walked in. And hi, hon. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Great. I'm doing fantastic. I just concluded uh, Dr. Aqua's uh, a uh, very intriguing and informative book, uh, Natural Psychology and Human Transformation. That's a great book. Uh, yes, yes, indeed. 
So I'm, I'm really excited uh, that I was able to read it and share it with the listening audience and, of course, those who uh, tune in in the future in the archives, uh, the fact that, indeed, it is there permanently uh, for um, review and, and to be shared amongst us. And then I just share with the listening audience also that uh, you shared with me a couple of nights ago, maybe it was yesterday, uh, Dr. Umar Abdullah Johnson's uh, transcript, or article, rather, on uh, eight reasons for marital failure among African Americans. And, uh, it's just very apropos that you would find this, uh, come upon this, as I'm uh, sharing this book by Dr. Akbar. And uh, Dr. Akbar was using the analogy of the cocoon, being, uh, you know, the caterpillar makes its own cocoon, yeah. and and from it being in the cocoon, it uh, evolves into being a, uh, coming out as a beautiful butterfly. So uh, if I am not uh, uh, off base, I would say that Dr. Johnson is addressing the fact that um, the marital failure amongst African Americans is representative of the, the hairy worm you know, the caterpillar not being able to make its cocoon, or if not make an adequate cocoon to house it so that it can go through its metamorphosis and transformation and come out as a butterfly. So, and one of the things that Dr. Arkbar suggests is that we have to go back back to our, uh, our history, to our rich culture, which was proven to be very uh, successful in sustaining us with uh, maintaining a cocoon, a healthy cocoon, and that we did this interdependently amongst one another, with one another, helping each other. So, uh, you know, it's really, uh, it really gives a lot for one to contemplate and, and to digest and understand that uh, we are living in a period of... of uh, Realization, collective realization of what needs to be done. And I'm proud that, uh, that to be not only as your husband, but to be a friend and, and a, a, a colleague on uh, Blog Talk uh, Radio to be able to share this knowledge that we have been fortunate enough to have shared with us. Uh, so, indeed, Dr. Johnson talks about. Uh, the absence of daddy from home disorder. Uh, there's also, I guess, the absence of mommy from home disorder as well, because we do have some fathers, many fathers for that matter, many daddies who are raising children by themselves as well, if not a child. So the, the, he states that the emotional needs from childhood, which is very important because Many of us either come from families that are dysfunctional or have had relationships with parents that were dysfunctional. And it's not difficult to understand how one's unconscious conflicts may lead you to a search to find what you never had. And that's uh, to searching for a secure attachment to a caregiver, attention, acceptance, love, intimacy, approval, trust, and reciprocity. Uh, becomes one of these relationship behavior under such conditions it's largely under control of unconscious impulses 
that it comes no surprise to us that selfishness ranks in the top of the list of reasons for relationships dissatisfaction. I think of what's uh, going to happen next Sunday in terms of selfishness. Dr. Akbar was talking about the fact that our children are led to believe that being a, a sports player, a successful football player, uh, or an entertainer is in an in all in terms of really obtaining uh, superior material gain and wealth. And you have the Super Bowl being played next week, next Sunday. And uh, there's a certain selfishness that is in, 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 uh, inculcated within the ritual of the Super Bowl, where the male of the household, in many households, says, I'm in my man cave, don't disturb me, I've got the game on, and, and I need to look at this, you know, without being disturbed. And he invites his friends over and what have you. And I'm not disparaging, you know, those of, you, of us who are football, who love the sport of football, but I just want to make a point in fact that uh, that um, engaging in being not just participants in the game of, of such sports, but spectators has just fed into the dysfunction of our families. You know, every now and then maybe you can get into a, a, a you know a game of two here and there, but there are too many of us who are addicted to sports. We bet on sports, gamble, and then, of course, not just gambling in terms of money, but we gamble our relationships. We gamble our marriage, you know, on on sports. We gamble our marriage on um, soapbox opera, sitcoms. And there's, a, there's some menagerie things that the Western society has conditioned us to think, to accept as being normal, and in some cases to be healthy. Uh, that uh, has been to our own demise, with us not being able to build a cocoon which is able to sustain us until we are able to really transform into a healthy human being uh, with a spiritual base. So uh, I look forward to, uh, to honey, uh, sharing this this, uh, reading by uh, Dr. Johnson on your show. And... uh, and then, of course, uh, in, in the future show, I will be uh, uh, sharing that um, on my show either Saturday or Sunday. So I, again, want to thank everyone for tuning in, and uh, we look forward to you coming on, on board again with us next Saturday. And um, I will make an announcement. I'm not sure which book is going to be discussed, but uh, stay tuned on those of you who are Facebook friends. I will be featuring, uh, uh, highlighting that that book that will be recovered on uh, um, sometime during the week, and uh, and of course those of you who have any suggestions for books that you would like to have reviewed, uh, please feel free to contact me via my website or uh, on Blog Talk. You can send me an email, and I would be delighted to. Uh, those books which are suggested, and any topics or themes. And, of course, those of you who would like to be guests, please feel free to indicate that uh, interest as well. I'm going to take a short break uh, for a moment, and then we'll return for the last segment of the show.
No, actually, I decided that I'm going to just go over the, the, the bullets that Dr. Johnson covers and uh, it will give us food for thought and to contemplate uh, how we will get more into depth, depth with uh, the, uh, the bullets that I will cover uh, that's contained in, in Dr. Johnson's article. So the first one is searching for security, emotional needs from childhood. And then the second one, he talks about self-hatred looking for someone to love you. And many people uh, find that in their quest for, uh, for relationships, they're looking for someone to, uh, to love them before they are able to love themselves. And then he, he covers on the third uh, uh, subject matter is materialism meltdown. For those of us who try to buy happiness, and uh, needless to say, he says, in a capitalistic society, the corporate-owned media will actually be able to convince some African-Americans that marrying someone with an economic potential and the education go along with uh, whether it be one with an MBA, a JD, MD, PhD, and uh, et cetera, that may actually brainwash you into thinking that to find a person who appears able to help your purchase, you, you purchase an upper-middle-class lifestyle may lead to lasting happiness. And he states that nothing could be further from the truth. And he employs us to listen to him carefully by saying that money buys pleasure, but it can never buy happiness. And as we know, we read uh, every day in, in the media of uh, uh, so-called celebrity couples, uh, high-powered couples who are worth a lot of money uh, collectively, that they're not happy. And as a result of not being happy, they... Uh, opt out to become divorced. Um, and then he states in the fourth uh, bullet, it, expressing, escaping misery, looking for a way out of your pain. And many of us look for relationships not to satisfy needs, but our economic desires. So, indeed, I'm pretty, ex I'm very excited about uh, covering that article and sharing those thoughts with you. And again, I thank you for tuning in this evening, and I do encourage you to uh, uh, come on board with us again every Saturday at 7, and, uh, and I'm sorry, Saturday at 8 o'clock and Sundays at I end by acknowledging uh, the Most High, as I say that indeed we give this evening to you, and we ask that our minds stay centered on the things of spirit and goodness, and may we not be tempted to stray from love. And as we begin this week, we open to receive you, and we ask that you please enter where you already abide, and may our minds and hearts be pure and true, and may we not deviate from the things of goodness. May we see the love and innocence in all mankind behind the masks we all wear and the illusions of this worldly plane. We surrender to you our doings this evening and this coming week, we ask only that they serve you in the healing of the world. So I bid all of you uh, namaste, peace and love. All my, all my relations.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.